What does it mean to follow God by his spirit? What does that mean? How does the spirit of God communicate with us? What does it sound like? How do you recognize it? These are some of the things I'm going to answer for us in this podcast. In Romans 8:14, we read, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. What does that mean? It's very different to be led by the Spirit of God versus being led by a human teacher or even being led by what you read in a scripture. For without the Spirit of God, we really can't understand scripture. For the Spirit of God interprets scripture to us. Many people read the Bible with natural eyes. That's the reason we have so many denominations of churches. Because they interpret the Bible by their own mind rather than by the Spirit. For if everyone interpreted the Bible by the Spirit of God, we wouldn't have all these denominations. For there's only one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one Spirit. And there would not be Baptist, Methodist, Church of Christ. There would not be all these denominations. The only reason we have these denominations is that some human being decades ago, centuries ago, took the Bible and took one verse of Scripture and set up his own church by what he thought that verse of Scripture said. And that's why we have all these denominations. But we have only one Lord, one faith, one baptism. God reveals himself to his people. You can go forth and be baptized at a church and not be a child of God. I did that. When I was 15 years old, I went forward at Church of Christ and was baptized in water because I did not want to go to hell. But I had not been shown the sin nature of man. I had not been shown that by the Spirit of God. I did not at that time see myself as a sinner Therefore, there was nothing to repent from. For until you see that you have committed sin, you really can't repent. And we see that by the Spirit of God convicting us and convincing us that we've done wrong. So when I went forth at the age of 15 at Church of Christ and was baptized in water, absolutely nothing changed in my life. I continued for the next almost 20 years pursuing my own desires, my own ambitions, making a reputation for myself in the field that I had chosen. On August the 5th, 1975, when I was approximately 37 years old, I had been reading a book And God spoke to me by his spirit and said, Joan, you know all these mistakes you've been making all these years? Those weren't mistakes. Those were sins. Ah, sins. I thought they were mistakes. At that second, I was born again changed. Changed completely by God. Given the Holy Spirit sealed by the Holy Spirit. For all who belong to God are given the Holy Spirit of God. What does that mean? That means the Spirit of God lives in us. The Spirit of Jesus lives in us. And by those, that Spirit of Jesus, we make decisions as we go through the rest of our life on this earth. The Spirit of God lives in us. 1 Corinthians 3.16 Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? 1 Corinthians 6.19 What? Know ye not that your body is the temple 
of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? 2 Corinthians 13, 5 Examine yourself, whether ye be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be reprobates? Jesus lives in us. The Holy Spirit of Jesus lives in us. The Holy Spirit of God lives in us. And he works in us to show us the way to go, to give us information so that we can follow God by hearing from his Spirit. And how do we hear from his Spirit? It's not a matter that we ask to hear from his Spirit. We don't even try to hear from his Spirit. It's just all of a sudden, he will speak to us as we are dealing with an issue concerning this present life. I was born again in 1975, given the Spirit of God. I owned a small business at that time in American Indian Arts. One of my customers filed a lawsuit against me. As I was considering this lawsuit, I heard two words from the Spirit of God. It just came into my mind all of a sudden. Don't testify. So I called my lawyer and I said, you may not want to represent me because I believe I've heard from God not to testify in this trial. And he said, oh, no, that'll be all right, Joan. He said, Flo, uh, she was a woman who worked for me, Flo witnessed the situation. She'll testify. We'll be okay. When Flo heard that I wasn't going to testify, she got angry with me. And she said, now you've put all of the burden on me for this whole trial because you won't testify. I have to testify, and I'll have all the burden. And I said, oh, I'm sorry, but I heard from what I believe to be God telling me don't testify. The man that I was dating was upset with me because I wasn't going to testify. And he said to me, Joan, you aren't doing this girl any favor by not testifying. And I said, well, I'm not trying to do her any favor. I believe I've heard from God don't testify, so I can't testify. During the court trial, my lawyer came to me and said, Joan, things aren't going as well with Flo's testimony as I thought they would go. But if you would testify, there is no way we'll lose this case. And I said, well, I'll see. So I just left the courtroom and went into the restroom and prayed. And I said, God, what do you want me to do about this trial? And I heard, don't testify. So I walked back into the courtroom and I just shook my head no when my lawyer looked at me. Even the judge was upset when I didn't testify. He was scrambling papers and not paying much attention to anything my lawyer was saying at the beginning of the trial. And then all of a sudden he saw something on paper and he said, you're not testifying? And I said, no. And he was just shocked. I had my own friends going against me when I said, I believe God told me not to testify. That is not unusual. Jesus says your foes will be they of your own household. So when you hear a word from God, it often separates you from all of your friends and relatives. And very often, they can't understand what you're doing. There was a time when I, I was 81 years old when this happened, but I fell at my house in Texas. I did not live with anyone. I was there alone, and I could not get to the telephone, and I finally I started trying to crawl to the phone, but I was so badly injured on that fall, I had fallen in the hallway on tile 
broken a hip, and my whole left hand was totally bent backward at the wrist, broken and bent backward. And it was so terribly painful to try to crawl, I just couldn't do it. I managed to get on the side that was the good side, uh, where the broken hip wasn't. I managed to get on the good side and try to inch my way toward the telephone, which was in the bedroom about five feet away from where I fell. And it was so painful, I would just almost pass out. I couldn't do it. But then if I didn't do it, it would be about a week before anyone was scheduled to come into my house. And I really felt I would die right there on the floor in that length of time. And I heard a word from the Spirit of God. It came into my mind. That's the way the Holy Spirit works. It came into my mind. You can do this. That's all I needed. Because then I knew what to do. I knew I could do it. You can do this. So I started inching my way toward the telephone. It took four and a half hours for me to get from that hallway to the place where the phone cord was sitting was because it was on the table. The phone was on top of the table. And my thinking was if I can pull the cord and knock the receiver off, then I could get to the receiver and make a phone call and get help. But when I pulled on the cord, the phone cord, the receiver squirted all the way across the room. I never saw the receiver again. But underneath that table was a Kindle tablet that had been charging. If I can get my hands on that Kindle tablet, maybe I can send an email to our church group and one of them can send an ambulance. I did manage to get the Kindle in my hand. I did manage to send an email to church group just simply saying, Fallen, send ambulance, need help. Pam Padgett in Colorado Springs got the email. She called the Lubbock, Texas Police Department, telling them what had happened, asking them to send an ambulance to my house. I heard someone at the front door of my house. And then I relaxed. I knew someone had gotten the ambulance. Somehow those people can can get into your house, those ambulance people. Anyway, they got in my house and they got me on a gurney to take me to the hospital. As we rolled past the front door of my house, I heard from the Holy Spirit, you'll never see this house again. It was just a thought, but I knew it was the Holy Spirit. I have not found the Holy Spirit to be a driving spirit that says, you've got to get there today, and you've got to get there by that time, and you've got to get those things, and you've got to do these things on your list. That is usually a spirit of a devil trying to get you to do something. You see, we have thoughts that come to our mind. Sometimes they're our own thoughts based on our own desires. And sometimes there are thoughts from devils to try to push us to do something that will actually harm us. For the devil is always trying to destroy us and is always trying to take us in a way opposite from the way of God. And then sometimes we have thoughts from the Holy Spirit. And these examples I've given you today are thoughts that have come into my mind by the Holy Spirit at different points in time according to the problem. Again, it's not something I conjured. It's not even something I thought of having happen. It was by the will of God as he willed. He just brought the thought into my mind and I knew it was the Holy Spirit. You can do this. You will never see this house again. I knew it was the Holy Spirit. One of our church members went out into the backyard one day, and he was looking at his storage house. 
and he began thinking about all the stuff in his storage house and that maybe maybe he should buy get a second storage house, build a second storage house to store all his stuff. And he heard, or you could just get rid of the stuff. It's sort of like a bolt of lightning has hit us when we hear from the Holy Spirit. It's something usually that we've never thought of before. And yet the Spirit of God, I've always found, is gentle. It's sort of an optional direction that we could go. Well, he did get rid of all the stuff. He did what he heard. And he was in his 70s at that time, and shortly after that, he became very ill, and he ended up dying. He didn't need another storage building. He really needed to get rid of the stuff. This is what God knows about us. It's what we can do What will work for us? What will benefit us? All of these things are great benefits. Because when you hear from God, you have everything. And when you follow what you hear from God, it's going to work. By the way, on that lawsuit, I don't think I told you the end of it. Well, I was acquitted of all charges. And I did not testify. It always works. It always works. When you follow the Spirit of God, it always works. God knows what's going to happen tomorrow. God knows what we need. He will not lead us in a way which we should not go. And the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of truth. He will never tell us something to do something or suggest that we do something that is opposite to the Bible. Never, for he is the spirit of truth. He is the spirit of Jesus speaking to us. He is the word. Now let's see a few of the things the Holy Spirit does for us. Jesus says, John fourteen twenty six, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, He shall teach you all things. Now, I found that he teaches all things secular as well as spiritual. And Jesus says, He will bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Recently, I had uh, an experience happen to me which frightened me very much. What will I do? What will I do? I stopped and turned to God with my fear. And instantly I heard from the Holy Spirit. And he said, My God will supply all your need. That's Philippians 4.19. The Holy Spirit may remind you of a scripture or he may give you a concept. Such as, why don't you just get rid of the stuff instead of building another storage building? But it's always right. You can do this. And you know that you can crawl and get to the telephone. Or, you'll never see this house again, and you know to put the house up for sale. Which I did from the hospital. See, you have information from God. So you have what you need to go forward by faith. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It's not that we read a scripture and have faith. It's that the Holy Spirit illuminates a scripture or a concept and we have faith. You can't have faith the other way. You can't have faith by hunting it with your mind. You can't have faith by trying to have faith. That's like trying to have a new, do a New Year's resolution with Scripture. No, you do Scripture because you are illuminated by God on that Scripture and you know to do that Scripture. One day I was, living, I was reading in Ephesians 4 and I got to verse 29 and it was like electrical current went on. 
And that verse was illuminated to me. And that showed me, spend some time in this verse. Meditate on this verse. Think about it. Do it. Let's look at it. Ephesians 4.29 Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. I began to try to do this verse of Scripture after it was illuminated to me, not before, after, after the Holy Spirit caused me to see this verse of Scripture. That's when I started working on this Scripture. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, to edifying in the ways of God, building up the church in the ways of God, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. I kept this verse before me day and night for three or four days, thinking about it, thinking about it throughout the day, trying to actually do the verse of Scripture. When I would start to try to say something, I would, when I was just talking to a friend, is this going to be edifying to that person? If I say this, one day during that time, I was at my neighbor's house. It was during the period of time when Mrs. Clinton was running against Mr. Trump for president of the United States. I am a very non-political person, and usually I don't pay any attention whatsoever to these people. But it intrigued me somehow with the thought of would a woman win, would Mrs. Clinton win, and if she did, what would we call Mr. Clinton? Would he be first man? I mean, silly things like this just caught my attention. So I began to look at the newscast every once in a while to see what was happening. It's not that I was for her or against this uh, Mr. Trump or for either of them. I was just curious. Well, I was at my neighbor's house. And I wanted to say, what do you think about the election? Now, is this going to edify their neighbors in the ways of God? Or is it going to set the gates of hell on fire? Well, I knew which it was going to do. It wouldn't edify them. It would just cause trouble and controversy. It would not minister grace to my neighbors for me to say that. But, oh, I wanted to say it. I really, really wanted to ask that. I've been in situations like this where I have wanted so badly to say something, and I've turned to God while they were talking, and I'm saying to God, please don't let me say that. Please don't let me do this. I've left the house and found, oh, hey, I didn't say that thing because God didn't let me say it, just as I had prayed for him not to let me say it. Sometimes you really want to tell somebody off and set them straight. You can pray, please don't let me do this. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Well, I knew an election question would not minister grace to the hearer in any way. Finally, I just got up and went home without speaking what I wanted to speak. I believe Job said, I'll put my hand over my mouth if I have to. And sometimes it's that strong, the flesh. Well, the Holy Spirit is a comforter to us. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth who brings to our mind truth in the midst of a situation, who helps us. And in that situation of that election, it's a Holy Spirit who even got me to focus on Ephesians 4, 29. Because I was simply reading Ephesians 4, and it was like verse 29 just kind of jumped out at me. And I didn't want to read past it. I was really hung up on it. That's a sign 
to stop and spend time with that verse of Scripture, for it's the Holy Spirit getting you to do that. Let's look at what the Holy Spirit does. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, Paul says, But we speak the wisdom of God. How? How do we know the wisdom of God? Because the Holy Spirit brings it to our mind when we're talking to somebody. So we know what to speak. He says, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world to our glory. Verse 9, but it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him, but God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of a man that is in him, even so the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Jesus, as he walked on this earth as a human, Jesus said of himself, John chapter 5 verse 30, I can of mine own self do nothing. This is the Son of God. I can of mine own self do nothing, says Jesus. But as I hear from God, I judge. And my judgment is just because I seek not mine own will, but the will of the Father which hath sent me. So Jesus heard from God at all times. We have the Holy Spirit in us so that he speaks to us, showing us what to do in the situations of this present life. He brings it to our mind. Now, the devil tries to lead us by bringing ideas to our mind. The flesh tries to lead us by bringing ideas to our mind. So we have to know which idea is from the Spirit of God. Usually, the ideas from the Spirit of God are things I hadn't thought of before. And they just have so much wisdom in them. Like the man that went in the backyard and was looking at his storage building, thinking about building a second storage building, and heard, why don't you just get rid of the stuff? That happened to me in the year uh, 2020. I was considering putting new upholstery on my 25-year-old car. And as I thought about that, I heard, or you could just buy a new car. Again, it was like a lightning bolt hit me. I just stood dead still in my tracks. I had never thought of buying a new car. But I could buy a new car. When the Holy Spirit tells you something, it's easy to be entreated. I had just sold a house in Texas. The money for the house was sitting in the bank. I hadn't used any of the money. I could just buy a new car. That was the wisdom of God and the way to go in the issue that I was considering. It turned me completely from the way that I was thinking of going. It turned me to a better way, a more abundant life. The thief cometh not but to steal, to kill, to destroy. So he will bring you ideas to destroy you. The devil will. Your own flesh will bring you ideas to destroy you. The Spirit of God brings you ideas which bring you a more abundant life when you walk in those ideas. 
Now, how do I know that's the Holy Spirit? The wisdom that is from above. James 3.17 tells us exactly the characteristics of the ideas that are from God. James 3.17 But the wisdom that is from above is first pure. Pure. I'd never thought before of buying that new car until God spoke to me. It wasn't that I desired a new car. I just hadn't thought of it. I was just going to put upholstery on my old car, 25-year-old car. Well, that's one of the meanings of the word pure. It's not something you're lusting after and you're really desiring, usually. And then it's peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated. One of the most important characteristics is that word easy. It's easy to do it. I had the cash sitting there to easily buy the car and have money left over. It's full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. If there is hypocrisy in anything we are doing, we are not going in the way of God. We're trying to hide something to get something we want, and we're going to go in the way of destruction when we do that. I had a friend who went to Italy as a Fulbright scholar and met a young man there that she wanted to marry. In order to marry him, she had to become Catholic. She left the Baptist church, went into the Catholic church, learned all their rituals, married this young man, got back to New Orleans, to the United States, and he left her. And they divorced. She wanted to remarry. The Bible says the man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. It says that if the woman who is divorced remarries, she commits adultery while her husband is still living. There are several scriptures on that subject in the Bible. If you need to know the names of them, well, Matthew 5, 32, uh, 1 Corinthians 7, 10, 11, 1 Corinthians 7, 39, uh, Romans 7, 1 through 3, look at Mark 10, and all of them go the same direction. The woman who divorces and remarries commits adultery. Well, this woman had just divorced, moved back to Dallas. went. She left the Catholic Church and went to a non-denominational church. She wanted to remarry. She did not let anyone at that church group know that she was divorced. That's hypocrisy. That's not the wisdom from God. If you're doing that, you're not going in the way of God. If you're hiding something and not letting anybody know because you want to get something else and you know if they find out about it, they might not choose to be around you. Well, that's exactly what happened. This man at that church at that time his wife had died of cancer, and he had three young children, and he wanted to remarry. So he was looking for a wife. He was looking for a wife at the same time Donna was looking for a husband. And she told me this story. I, I didn't know them at the time this happened. I met them much later after they were already married. But she said when she saw Hal, she heard, He's going to be your husband. And that was the tone of voice. He's going to be your husband. One time God cast, after I was born again, he, in the night, cast a devil out of me, and he allowed me to actually witness that. And this was a smart-alecky devil. He was a double-minded spirit. And he was in my chest cavity, skipping along. He ran into the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit said, I see you. You must go. 
And the Holy Spirit cast that devil out of me, but God allowed me to, to witness it. And the Holy Spirit just kept saying, you must go, you must go, you must go. Finally, that devil tore out of me, out of my throat, out of my mouth while I was sleeping. I could feel it try to hold on to me, but it couldn't outdo the Holy Spirit, and it tore out of me. When you read experiences of a devil being cast out of someone, it's not unusual to see that they do that. Well, that devil was a smart alecky type spirit skipping along. And it really kind of reminded me of what Donna said she heard. He's going to be your husband. I didn't think much about it, except I said to God, well, how can this be when the scriptures tell us that if this divorced woman remarries, she commits adultery? So how could it be that the Holy Spirit would have said that to Donna? How could it be? Recently, I was reading in Galatians chapter 1. Look at verse 8. But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. At the time Paul spoke this to the Galatians, they didn't have a New Testament Bible. So it was the preaching of Paul that brought them the gospel. And here something was coming to them which was a perversion, turning them away from the gospel. Though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. And I've realized that was an evil angel speaking to Donna, not the Holy Spirit. Because there are good angels that carry messages from God, but there are also evil angels which go out to bring destruction to the disobedient. And here Donna had been living in hypocrisy. It's easy to understand, for me to understand, how the wrong spirit could come and speak a word to her while she was deceiving the entire church that she was attending by letting them think she was a single woman who had never been married when she had divorced and wanted to remarry, which is contrary to Scripture. The Holy Spirit will never speak something to us that is contrary to Scripture, for he is the Spirit of truth. But an evil angel could. And if you're going in a way of deception, especially to the church, well, in any way, a way of deception, the time can come that God would send an evil angel to you. I believe it's in Psalm 78 where God has an example of sending an evil angel. You can look it up in your Bible and just under the word evil angel. But I'll turn to it and we'll see if that's where it is. I think it's Psalm 78. At verse 10 it says, They, the children of Ephraim, kept not the covenant of God and refused to walk in his law and forgot his works and his wonders that he had shown them. Marvelous things did he in the sight of their fathers in the land of Egypt, in the field of Zoan. And it goes on to talk about dividing the Red Sea and all the things done for them. Well, if you do not walk in the way of God, there could be bad things happen to you. And you know the way of God by the Word of God, the Scriptures, the New Testament Bible. Verse 17, And they sinned yet more against God by provoking the Most High in the wilderness. And they tempted God in their heart by asking for meat for their lust. 
And they spake against God, and they said, Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Behold, he smote the rock that the waters gushed out, and the streams overflowed. Can he give bread also? Can he provide flesh for his people? Therefore the Lord heard this and was wroth. So a fire was kindled against Jacob, and anger also came up against Israel, because they believed not in God and trusted not in his salvation. Though he had commanded the clouds from above and opened the doors of heaven, and had rained down manna upon them to eat, and had given them the corn of heaven. Man did eat angels' food. He sent them meat to the full. He caused an east wind to blow in the heaven, and by his power he brought in the south wind. He rained flesh, quail, also upon them as dust, and feathered fowl as the sand of the sea. And he let it fall in the midst of their camp, round about their habitations. So they did eat, and were well filled. For he gave them their own desire. They were not estranged from their lust. But while their meat was yet in their mouths, the wrath of God came down upon them, and slew the fattest of them, and smote down the chosen men of Israel. For all this they sinned still and believed not for his wondrous works. Therefore their days did he consume in vanity and their years in trouble. They flattered him with their mouth and they lied unto him with their tongues. For the heart was not right with him Neither were they steadfast in his covenant. How oft did they provoke him in the wilderness and grieve him in the desert? Yea, they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. They remembered not his hand nor the day when he delivered them from the enemy. And in Psalm 78 verse 49, we read about evil angels that God sent to the enemies of his children. He cast upon them the fierceness of his anger, wrath and indignation and trouble by sending evil angels among them. Evil angels they definitely could carry messages extremely opposite from the will of God to lead the person into destruction. Would God destroy someone? Absolutely. Absolutely. He will destroy the church members who turn against him. Jesus said in Revelation chapter 3, verse 5, that If we overcome, he will not blot our name out of the book of life. This tells us that if we fail to overcome through God, our name can be blotted out of the book of life. There's an example of one of the kings, Ahab, who was an evil king. And God sent an evil spirit into the mouth of all of Ahab's prophets. So that evil spirit would tell Ahab to do something and it ended up killing Ahab Ahab, because it was a battle. And the prophets were saying to Ahab, yes, go up to battle. God will protect you. God will give you victory. Well, it was a lying spirit in the mouth of Ahab's prophets that God had sent to them to destroy Ahab. For those people who will not go in the way of God and live in hypocrisy, especially in front of the church, bad things are going to happen. You don't want to do that. So if you're tempted to not to hide something from the church, that's like trying to hide something from your own body. If your little finger gets hurt, doesn't your whole body know about it? We're the body of Christ. This is not the way to live in front of the church, to hide something. 
Yet people do. They hide fornication. They hide all kinds of things from the church. They live one way at church and another way in the bars at night. I, Our own Bible teacher was doing that at Word of Faith when I went there. And I went to him and I said, I've heard about this girlfriend. Tell me about this. He kind of beat around the bush. And I said, are you having sexual intercourse with this woman? And he said, of course. He was our Bible teacher. You can't live that way. One way or another, you'll be destroyed if you're trying to live that way. These are just warnings. 1 Corinthians 10.13 There's no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be to suffer above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. There is no trial or problem that is allowed to come to us that we are unable to bear through going to God in prayer and asking for him to help us. These are warnings for us. So following the Holy Spirit of God, one more example. This was a period of time when I owned my business in Dallas, and I was flying to Albuquerque to buy merchandise. My Church of Christ cousin met me at the plane, and just as the plane landed, I heard, be baptized. My cousin picked me up, and I said, Jean, if you can arrange it, before I will return to Dallas today, I will be baptized. And she said, but you've already been baptized. And I said, but I wasn't born again at the time I was baptized. Now I'm born again and will be baptized if you can set it up this afternoon. She didn't understand it all, but she did set it up. I was amazed because about 15 of my relatives showed up at the church building that afternoon. And I was further amazed because the young Church of Christ preacher said to me, would you like to say anything? So I said, well, I guess. And I just told them how I was baptized in water when I was 15 at Church of Christ, but I wasn't born again of the Spirit of God. And now I'm born again of the Spirit of God and I heard be baptized, so I was coming forth to be baptized. As I talked, one of my cousins sitting there was shaking her head up and down. She understood what I was saying. My uncle was sitting there, and he was crying. When the pastor took me up to the bab baptistry, he lowered me into the water and I heard from the Holy Spirit these words. This is like being buried with Christ. As I came out of the water, I heard from the Holy Spirit, this is like being raised with Christ. This was the Holy Spirit preaching Romans chapter 6 to me concerning baptism. I went back downstairs and my uncle, who had been crying, came to me and said, I have never heard anything like you spoke today. Could you write that out for me and send it to me? And I said, well, I guess so. I believe that uncle was born again that day as I spoke in that Church of Christ building. See, obeying God. It brings the fruit of God. And how do you obey, obey God unless you hear from God what to do? And we hear from God by his spirit that he has given us to dwell in us. It reminds us of things that we are to say or do. And we follow him. As many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Romans chapter 8 verse 14. Well, we follow God by hearing from him by his spirit as he reminds us of things of God. I was visiting with my favorite aunt, Church of Christ member, one day, and I heard from the Spirit of God these words. 
tell her about being taken into heaven. Oh, I didn't want to do that. This is a Church of Christ member. They never talk about supernatural events. But I knew it was the Holy Spirit saying that to me, so I yielded. And I told my aunt about what happened to me after I was born again. I was transported into heaven. I was with God. I was with Christ. I was with the Holy Spirit. I saw no images. But at that time, I was merged into the body of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and God witnessing. And a few nights later, the exact same thing happened to me again. As I spoke these words to my aunt, she got kind of a dreamy look on her face. And when I finished talking, she said, Something happened to me like that once, and it was all golden. She probably has never told that story to another human other than me. And because I told her what had happened to me, she told me what had happened to her. Then we both understood why we understood each other. We were the same spirit. This is the work of the Holy Spirit. Without him, you can do nothing. But if you are born again, you automatically have him because God has given you his spirit to live in you. And the Holy Spirit does these things, teaches you all things, reminds you of everything Jesus has said, guides you into all truth and shows you things to come. So today I have shown you ways the Holy Spirit leads us and guides us and what he sounds like. Thank you for allowing me to speak this to you today.